Welcome to Genuine Life Recovery. We're here to help you and your loved ones overcome addictions and other addiction-related mental health challenges. In this show, we dive into the physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual aspects of addiction, mental health, recovery, family dynamics, codependency, and more. You can listen on your favorite app or at jodystevens.org. Genuine Life Recovery is made possible by great friends like Joshua's Heart in memory of Joshua Brent Moore, bringing hope, love, and awareness to those afflicted by addiction online at joshesheart.org and Jody Stevens Productions for commercial voiceover, narration, production, MC, and public speaking online at jodystevens.org. Hey friends, welcome back. Today we are talking about the importance of finding your God-given purpose, now especially in the recovery process. So this is the second program on this topic, topic because it is so vital to thriving in life, thriving in recovery. And we're gonna dive deeper into this. We are going to equip you with tangible tools to help you do just that. I am joined by Shiraz Sadiq. He is author of the book, Well Done, A Passionate Pursuit of Purpose. And then your upcoming book, Safe But Not Satisfied, which I love the title of that book because it sounds like so many of us. Shiraz also helped found Christian Business Harvest Network that's designed to help people fulfill their God-given calling. He is a pastor, ministry leader, author, uh, speaker, and he has a master's degree in theological studies from Tyndale and helps guide people toward finding their God-given destiny. So Shiraz, thanks for being here today. Thanks for allowing me to hang out with you, Jody. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while uh, simply because of how you anchor it into uh, the mind and mental health. And Mm -hmm. so thank you for creating a space for these conversations, which are so vital and critical. So I just want to thank you for uh, for the invitation. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, yeah, and thank you what you do with you know, everything that you do as well. It is important because the, the church and then psychology and mental health, some people accept it, some people don't. Um, and so, but but you do look at, at some of the mental health modalities and some of them are perfectly wonderful with Christianity and, and some not so much. <laughs> so, sure. you know, I try to, I try to mesh the two, but believing that God is all, you know, with a Christian worldview. And so I think when we say a Christian worldview, people understand that, you know, so um, you're in Canada. Yeah. Just outside oh. of Toronto. Oh, um, nice. Okay. It, uh, my whole life spent in and around uh, Toronto in Ontario, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, it's the, and most people won't know this, but it's actually the fourth largest city in North America. Okay. And, and so most people won't know that. So yeah, we certainly live in a large, uh, a large swath of pop population, which allows you to engage in so many cultures and conversations yeah. and different perspectives and viewpoints. And mm-hmm. if you're not prepared for for plurality and understanding that different things are going to come at you all the time. Yeah, <laughs> you can see why there's a rise in uptick uh, just when you have centralization of communities uh, with mm-hmm. different viewpoints. Say, wait, what's right? What's wrong? Wait, I'm confused. And, oh and so it's just really interesting uh, living in, in, uh, in a larger city for sure. Wow. Yeah, I grew up in Alaska. I grew, I drove down the Alcan through B.C., but. Okay. 
not anywhere near. I mean, Canada's huge, you know, British yes. Columbia, but yeah. it is beautiful up there. So just tell me quickly, you're a pastor, right? And and kind of how you came to find a passion in helping others find their passion and purpose. Yeah, so to a- answer your question specifically, as of right now, I am not by definition pastoring at a church. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have a pastor at three different churches. And, okay. And uh, not, not, not the lead pastor, but a pastor on staff. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, when, when um, I was ordained pastor at the very first church that I pastored at, well, sorry, the second church, mm-hmm. I was ordained a pastor there. And um, man, I'll never forget, literally, physiologically, I felt a transformation. I felt wow. something change, and I was like, "Wait, what? What's happening here?" So I'm on stage, surrounded by a few of the other pastors, and they're praying over me, and and just dedi- dedicating my service to God that morning in front of the church, and just publicly declaration, "Hey, Shiraz, going to be a pastor on uh, on staff here." And I got to tell you, man, when when the Bible says His gifts are without repentance, mm-hmm. once He gives you something, He's not taking it back; like it's yeah. yours. And yeah. it was more of a gifting of that pastoral mm. mindset and care for wow. others than it uh-huh. was a position or a title. So uh-huh. my journey from there has always, okay, back to corporate, back to pastoring, back to corporate, yeah. back to pastoring. So I've, I've always straddled that line. So uh, there are a number of people that still refer to me and still call me up, hey, Shiraz, XYZ, hey, Pastor Shiraz, Pastor Shiraz. And they get it because it's a relational thing. Mm-hmm. But right now, no, not formally pastoring at a church. But the two go well together. Like I got a, an MA in Christian leadership, and you see how oftentimes in churches there is a lot of dysfunction because there, you know, corporate is one thing, and there's dysfunction there too, you know. But but yeah. to be able to take those leadership skills into the church and work on problem solving is a big deal because some mm. of the the stupid things that happen in the church are, are sorry, I didn't mean that to sound as negative as, but you know what I mean, where there's there's just not the right leadership, and it's not so much that it's not right, it's just a lot of people don't know, they don't really know how to to be leaders and stuff like that. So I think I think having people that have been in this corporate grind coming mm. into the church can be very helpful, right? Yeah, uh, uh, there's a specific pastoral title, an executive pastor, and mm-hmm. the responsibilities to manage the business side of running an office. It's office administration. And there are some amazing pastors who care for people, and you know what? They're designed well because they're the ones that want to go to the hospital. They want mm-hmm. to be with those who uh, enjoy and happiness, and, and yeah. they'll be quiet and they'll just listen, right? Uh, and that's powerful. But don't let them to ask. Don't let them lead a boardroom meeting. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's yeah. different because when you're putting budgets together, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the Lord will provide. Yeah, and how? And there are a lot of practicals. There's a practical side of ministry that, to your point, that needs to be yeah. taken care of. It doesn't mean that one is better than the other. Right. But there is a requirement for both, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and having the, you know, like a lot of nonprofits, they'll have the visionary, but then they don't, <laughs> but then the whole thing just falls apart because there's nobody to do the books or whatever, you know, so you're going to have to have to learn the hard way. And that's kind of one of the things they teach in that is, okay, if you're going to have a team or a business, you need, you know, 
these type of people and then these type, you know, all those sorts of things. So, yeah, mm-hmm. so true. So we talk about mental health recovery a lot on this show. You know, so much of the recovery process is finding that meaning and purpose. And this is why I love this discussion, because I think if we can find that, right, it can give a lot of those other challenges in our lives meaning as well. We can heed those lessons. We can live with them better, right? So for instance, maybe an alcoholic um, that gets sober devotes their life to helping other people. Does that make sense? And so that's why I think this idea of finding meaning is a huge, um, I don't know what the word is, but just uh, a necessary thing in just life, but also the recovery process, you know? Yeah. So uh, I'll share three quick things and see if they can land together at the end. Uh, (laughs) You don't have to read very many Psalms to recognize that David suffered from depression. Mm. We're talking about King David when, and this, this, this is a guy who God says, a man after my own heart. Yeah. I mean, he's crying out like suicidal thoughts, right? Like he's crying out like, oh God, like, I mean, how many times do, do we read it? And the, you can oh. feel in the poetry, his heart crying out to Abba Father saying, hey, can you step into my situation? Because I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to handle it. They're after me. The weight is too strong. How long, oh God, how long, oh God, must I? And he sees the wicked, uh, you know, accelerating grow. And he says, what about the righteous? What's happening? And he's bothered by all world current events in his world at that time. Mm. It's real, right? Like, like, and unfortunately, when we've watered down mental health to the point that somebody is defining hard work as stress or anxiety <laughs> because somebody, right. uh, you know, cut them off and try, uh, 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 I can't do this. You can't yeah. do what? It's called life. This, yeah. We're not talking about like, and it's so unfortunate because there are real people struggling yeah. with real mental health issues. Mm-hmm. that are going to get diluted in this mass pool of people who are claiming issues, but it's just tough times. Yeah. When Jesus himself yeah. says, in this world, you will have you trouble. You will have trouble. <laughs> That's but my take favorite. heart. But oh, take heart. overcome the world. Right. Yeah. But take mm-hmm. heart. And, and it's so unfortunate yeah. that the people who really need the, the assistance yeah. are like now in line with a bunch of other people who literally just need, haven't had life's tough lessons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the yeah. way that uh, I, I've, well, let me rewind a little bit here. Um, when I was uh, in the gym working out, had a trainer, so this is a, a while back, and, and he said something to me. Now, I don't know if I agree with him entirely, but he said this to me. He said, you know, develop all your muscles, your heart muscle, your mental muscle, it's a muscle. Yeah. Okay. And then he said something to me. He's like, uh, there's this one exercise, it was a row. And it's like, man, I can't do it. I got a bad back. And he just looks at me. He looks at Kinda me. Kind of like a like, burpees. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I might have thrown up, not burp on that one. Like, I was, they're hard. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, this is what he said. He said to me, Shiraz, there's no such thing as a bad back, only a weak back. Mm. And, 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 and I had to think about it and like, all right, so yeah. if you're trying to tell me that if I work at this and go through the process of progress over time, I'll be able to structure the alignment of my spine, work mm-hmm. on it with the chiro- 
work on it and I, I can no longer claim I have a bad back. I can say I have a weak back that is getting stronger. Right. right? And then it changed the concept for me of mental health. Mm-hmm. Mental health from that point on became you, there's either a weak mind or a strong mind. It's no longer for me personally about mental health. It's about mental strength. Why? Because as soon as you say mental health, somebody's like, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh, there's a deficiency, there's a deficit, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it as mental strength, that means there's potentially opportunity, no matter what your starting point is, even if it's in a negative position, if you can just work progress, progress on a daily, progress on a daily, progress on a daily, you're eventually going to get to a point where you're in a positive and now all of a sudden you're in a mental strength position instead of a weakness Mm. position. Mm. Now what are those things? I think that's really the crux of our conversation is how can we elevate ourselves out of a pit if we find ourselves in one? Or even if we find ourselves in a neutral or even a strong position, how do we reinforce our positions to have stronger mental strength? instead of getting tagged and labeled with this, you know, the concept of the negative connotations of mental health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like everything you said. And, you know, it's a challenge because we're in kind of a quick fix world and everybody mm. wants a pill and it to be gone. But then mm. at the same time, if there was trauma or abuse or things growing up and our brain was wired that way, then it took mm. us 10, 20, 30, 40 years to get that way. Yeah. And so we have to rewire and work on the change process. And I've just come to accept that it's just, it's a journey. Like you and I were talking off air, that, that sanctification process, like in recovery, they say baby steps and progress, not perfection. And it's all those sorts of things that remind us that it's just, uh, it's really two steps forward or one step forward and two steps back. And if you can accept that, then it's okay, right? If, if you can accept that, um, and that's where, where God can, can help us. And that's where just, I think, I think having a little self-compassion helps too, because sometimes we are beaten up and then we beat ourselves up and then we're just, we're just in this, this crazy cycle of of just wanting wanting to to feel better but but not knowing how to do it and not understanding just the the time involved you know yeah. and and the and the it's just give and take right <laughs> you know we all hear about how you know a lump of coal you know there's a d- diamond in every lump of coal type of mm. scenario right um but it takes three elements right it takes heat it takes pressure, and the third element, you're, you're nailing it, time. Yeah. We were frustrated about a year and a half ago. We, we moved just further outside of Toronto, and uh, my wife was looking at family doctors, and they had a waiting list to get a family doctor uh, eight months. Wow. You know, like, what, what the what? <laughs> what the what? Eight <laughs> yeah, months? Yeah, yeah. So then we parked it out of frustration. Well, that seems hopeless. And you know what we did? We just kept on going back to Toronto, seeing our family doctor as required, right? Uh, yeah. And you know, if we need anything, we just go see. She's an amazing lady, and we didn't want to give up that relationship anyways. But here's the interesting thing. One day we couldn't make it into the city, um, into Toronto to see our family doctor. And um, we're like, man, I really wish we, once again, had a family doctor locally. Yeah. You know when we were having that conversation in month nine? Had we at least put ourselves on the waiting list right. for that eight-month 
waiting period. Yeah. In month nine, we would have won, wouldn't we? Yeah. And now we had to start the clock again. So we felt, oh my gosh, that was, we were, sh- we were so short-sighted. We made the phone call. The wait list was now 10 months. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're officially on that list, okay? So the good news is yeah. time will catch up to us, but wh- what will we receive? And so when you're talking about that process of mm-hmm. progress, it's beautiful if you can engage time. That's when something switches when you leverage time properly. There are, we have conversations with people on a regular basis who say, man, I just don't feel that there's enough, not enough time. Time is, not, time is not on my side. Yeah, yeah. But what if you can sign up and then get time on your side? And now it's yeah. working for you instead of against you. And there's only one way to do that. Pick up your cross daily. Yeah. Because it well, adds it, up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and you know, one of the things, I think it was Dr. Henry Cloud or something that, that, you know, was counseling someone. And this was when I was trying to get the first master's degree. And I thought, well, I mean, I'll be, you know, if I decide to become a therapist, I'll be 50, you know. And, and he was talking in one of his books about saying to the person, so you're going to be 50 anyway. <laughs> So you could either be 50 with the master's degree or without it. Like, I mean, and that just really struck me. So I was like, okay, so, so either way, you're still going to get older. So you're going to do it or not, you know, but it's, it's, you know, we just live and die by the clock and God doesn't. And that's where we get frustrated with him. But, you know, his timing, his timing is perfect. And we have to believe that, you know, I absolutely and, love what you just said. You're going to be 50 yeah. anyways. That's up to you what you're right. going to show up with when you're, thank you. I'm going to use that one. I'm, I, I'm using yeah, that one. You're going to be 60 uh, anyway. You're yeah. yeah be... I, I, I got to use that one. Like that is yeah, powerful. You, right? can, it's like, you can give it, you can credit me instead of Dr. Cloud. Oh, I'm going He's to. got enough credit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dr. Cloud. Who's Dr. Cloud? We're talking about Jody. My friend Jody said it. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, And it's true because there's somebody listening right now that might be in your late 30s, early 40s, and you're thinking, what's the point of going back and getting certified and getting my CPA designation? It's going to take three years. And by then, by then what? You're going to be 43, 44, 45. What's the big deal? Show up. Thank you for sharing that. That That's so powerful. Yeah. Or you'll be 43 and then you won't have it. So get oh to God. it, like, like, because yeah. you're you're gonna be 45, and yeah. you're still gonna have the same challenges, or you're gonna work the next three years, and arrive at 45 more alive than you've ever been before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, talk to me about the value of meaning and purpose. You know, like especially, so we see it from a worldly perspective, right? And and we see it its importance in psychology in therapy in coaching in life but then we see it from the biblical perspective too you know i think of like victor frankl i don't know if you've ever if you know who that is he wrote the man's search for meaning was in the concentration camp and and realized that the people that survived were the ones that had meaning and purpose and i think this is because we're created for you know an eternal purpose and we all we may or may not believe that but it doesn't make it any less true. And so that's why we're always striving. Like I think of the midlife crisis and I don't believe in that. I think the midlife crisis is the midlife looking up and around and thinking there's got to be something more, you know? Yeah. It's that midlife evaluation. It's, it's midterm. Yeah. How am I doing so far? Cause I'm going to graduate <laughs> off the planet 
uh, your finals, your final exam is your funeral. Uh, mm -hmm. And it gives you a beautiful window into how have things gone so far. And now how do I want things to go the rest of the way? That mm -hmm. is a you know, beautiful way to describe the way you just did. You know, uh, the concept of purpose and the value that it has in lifting you up and getting you focused on the right things instead of the wrong things. So mm, there is this yeah. um, uh, school and uh, in this school there's a fish, there is a uh, squirrel and there's a bird. And uh, the fish getting straight A's in swimming, mm -hmm. doing, doing uh, not so good flying because that's another subject, because the subjects are right. swimming, flying, and climbing trees. And, and the fish is struggling like, like, like with flying, but he's getting a little bit of airborne, okay? <laughs> but he's failing. He's failing really miserably in climbing trees. Uh -huh. And so the, the, the instructors at the school have asked the fish to spend more time in remediation after school and hang out back to learn how to climb trees better because there is uh, a need, right, to climb. Yeah, the yeah. squirrel, on the other hand, right, he's straight A's in climbing trees, yeah. and, and he's, he, he's got C's in flying, drawn from tree to tree, but he just can't seem to get past his jump point and just catch the air. Mm -hmm. But he's failing swimming miserably. <laughs> right. And you know what's happening, of course. The, the, the instructors are saying, you got to spend more time after school in remediation, and you got to spend more time on your weaknesses. You know, mm -hmm. we'll tell each other, and of course the bird has their same, and you can figure out which one the, the bird is excel, excelling at and which one the, the bird's failing at. Right. Uh, the, we, in the North American educational system is set up that way. And then we tell Christians, oh, you're so special. You're right. so special. But we've been framed to be general, not special. We've been framed to be general, generalist, not specialist. Mm -hmm. What makes mm -hmm. you special uh, is also a function of what we specialize in. Right. If God, in fact, made us on purpose for a purpose, mm -hmm. and then we're going to be miserable as a fish trying to figure out how to climb the tree, figure out what you were designed for and spend more time doing that because what comes natural to you is more likely going to elevate and lift you from a place of man, life is hard, to wait, I want to get up. See, your purpose will keep you up and wake you up, not from a negative way, because you just won't be able to get enough of it. And once you get tapped into that juice, once yeah. you get addicted to who you are, man, it doesn't matter what you were doing yesterday because you want to mm -hmm. do it again today. It doesn't make it easier or hard, but your mindset is like, wait, this is building towards something. Yeah. And the concept of specialist to be special, because that's what we are. And, right. and, and I think trying to bring that understanding to people, your, your, your ability to be special is tied into your purpose. What's your purpose, mm. right, is going to beg the next question. But I'll throw it back to you real quick. But like, that's where really begs the next question. 
Yeah. Well, and, and that's good because, and I love what you said about the education system. I mean, I grew up, I was dyslexic and teachers, oh, she's stupid. She'll never amount to anything, you know, all that fun stuff. And one of the cool things they had was vocational school in junior, senior high school. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you could you could go to your first three classes in the morning and then you would go to the vocational school and mm-hmm. you could take auto truck welding. I took tourism, which I didn't do well. And, and then my senior year, I took the whole afternoon of broadcasting and then realized that that was what I was really good at. That was what I could do. And I really think because of all the other issues I had, it wasn't, you know, I've been sober 18 years. I was an alcoholic. I mean, all these sorts of things, but that really just, just figuring out what I was good at really kind of saved me. I think it, I think it kind of saved me in many ways. And then I eventually did get sober, but this, this guy that was an, was a, he was a, uh, opiate addict. He didn't do heroin, but he did fentanyl and all that stuff. And he's been on this show before. He's been sober for a while. But his his big shtick is if you spend as much time as you did going after your drug as you do pursuing what you want, you could be unstoppable. And, and yeah. I like that. I like that concept because when we think about just our culture and what we strive after and how much time we spend in mm-hmm. really the pursuit of stuff that doesn't matter. (laughs) I mean, a lot of it just doesn't matter. And we spend so much time in it. But if we can cultivate that to something, um, to meaning and purpose, right? We could be unstoppable. So how do you find it? And and, yes, back to that was going to be what are some tangible ways? Because People are depressed. They like it's almost easier to not be depressed when you're war torn because you're like looking up and you've got purpose. Like people in Haiti, you know, I've been there and they believe in God more than us because we're just we have everything, but we're we're lost. And and now and I'm in America, which really just isn't. Everybody says they believe in God, but they don't. You know, so so people yeah. don't. They're I'm not going to go not, there. Yeah. Well, but I'm no, but I mean, it's so yeah. easy to be depressed because you can you could have a nervous breakdown just picking out toothpaste. Like we have everything we want, but we're miserable, overweight, and addicted, and hooked on drugs. Like, let's just. Yeah, I, I, um, it is. I, <laughs> not all leave, of us, but you know, <laughs> I'm going to leave all of those things alone uh, and focus <laughs> on elevating people out of even stereotypes. Right. And and yeah. um, um, wow. So it it's kind of like this. Some people numbers come pretty naturally to them mm-hmm. and, and they're decent at math. Uh, other people should never and I repeat never delete the calculator app off their phone. Yeah, that would be me. Mm-hmm. Okay, right? It's like numbers come naturally to some people, the other people, they don't come naturally. Yeah. Uh, some people uh, are great at art, okay? while others, meaning me, uh, uh-huh. uh, stick to your stick figures. And that's as far as you're going to get because it just yeah. doesn't come naturally. What you'll find is the elements in this life that come naturally to you, Mm -hmm. where it takes you three hours, but the average person four hours and the ones who struggle seven hours, Mm -hmm. you're probably gonna find your purpose there. Mm -hmm. The things that vibrate you a little bit, they're like, hey man, this is is pretty good. Uh, I get something out of this. Somebody might not else, somebody else might not recognize the value that I'm experiencing, but I feel like this is valuable. 
Most people won't get hit in the face with their purpose. But if you take the time to just step back, you're going to see the cues and the clues, not the answers. Again, you'll get the clues and the cues, not the answers. Because if you get all the answers, why do we call it faith? We don't need faith if we have it all spelled out for us. But in his divine nature of how he constructed the, the worlds that we live in, God said, hey, uh, I'm going to have to partner with you because that free will thing, uh, yeah. you're going to have to choose, but I'm going to give you some guidance. Yeah. Uh, and, and if we could just, wait, what am I naturally inclined to do? You said it. You experimented, 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 and then broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that got your attention. So mm-hmm. if you haven't found that thing that really gets you excited, What's wrong with experimenting with the next opportunity? We're not talking about experimenting with drugs. We're talking about experimenting with something that has a measure of value. Mm-hmm. But I assure you, if you're listening today and you're in that place, you already have a sense of who you are yeah. and what you enjoy doing. The problem isn't what you enjoy doing and who you are. It's all the excuses. Yeah. It's being nervous of all the Goliaths. It's saying, hey, that wall is too high to climb. Hmm. Like we talked about earlier, that's just going to take too long. Mm. And it's those elements that keep us away from purpose. Not clarity and a clean answer from God. I'll I'll give you another example. Did God tell Noah to build an ark? I think we would agree he did. So I apologize for the patronizing tone. Uh, Yeah. Right? Like, but did God build it for him? Nope. Yeah. My man was at it for more than 100 years. Because God said build an ark. Yeah. In a world where it hadn't rained yet. Yeah. Like, (laughs) a a boat. What what the crack are you doing in the middle of Iowa building a boat? Like, seriously. Like, it makes no sense at all. Like, what do you, like, where, where are you going with this ark thing? Wait, now you want to create a floating zoo? Like, come on. Come on, man. Right. And I think you really hit on one of the obstacles to finding our purpose. Because the world is very, you know, I mean, we all want to be media influencers or like Taylor Swift or something. You know, just like Noah in the Ark. I mean, people were giving him a rash and he's just like, this is what I'm doing. So if we're not connected to the creator, we're really going to want the purpose oftentimes of someone else because we see that they seem to be doing better or they're cooler or you know what I mean? And so I feel like if we really want our God-given purpose, that's can be a little more challenging because we really want to, I mean, for me, it's a daily surrender. It's like, okay, Lord, I want all these things. okay? Okay. But in the end, your will be done because, because in the end, it's like, what are you doing? And what do you, how do you want me to be a part of it? You know, that's, that's the, that's how I have to pray, but it may not be what I want. <laughs> Does that make sense? You know yeah. what I mean? It's like that surrender yeah. piece is like, okay, here's what I want. Make your request known. Thank you. But in the end, you know, you, your, your will is going to be better than mine. And you know me kind of better than me at this point because I can confuse my identity quickly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So. I mean, I'll give you two, two quick examples. Uh, Jesus hanging out with his boys, his disciples are all hanging out and the extended families around and 
these oh, two, yeah. the, the the two brothers, uh, James and John, they didn't come to Jesus. Their their mama came to Jesus and said, "Hey, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, 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 Jesus, can, yeah. can, when you get into eternity, can, mm. can you want to let my son sit like to your left hand, like 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 right beside you, left and right side, yeah. and like like can yeah. they be like right beside you in eternity?" And his response is amazing. Jesus does not chastise them for wanting something great. And, and so when you're saying people want to be like this and they want that, and we all have these dreams and desires to yeah. accomplish something of significance, Jesus' response is does not chastise them for wanting mm. something great. He says, do you know what the cost will be? Yeah. The challenge yeah. isn't wanting something great. The challenge is, are you willing to pay the price to get it? Right. The work. Two, in the, maybe. Right. And so that's one example. Another example is the battle lines are drawn and the bad guys are there and the Israelites are on the other side. And then they're who the Goliath comes out and he's taunting them and he's mocking them. And then here comes Uber, the Uber driver, uh, David. He's bringing yeah. lunch to, 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 to the battle lines for his brothers. And <clears throat> he's asking a bunch of questions. But here's a really interesting question he asks. He asks um what will be done for the person that takes down Goliath? <laughs> I was like, wait, what, David? You said what? Wait, you are motive driven? Wait, what? Hey, let's not throw out ambition with the yeah. bathwater. Yeah. Uh, he literally asked the question, what will be done? Why? Let's not, let's not over-righteous the, 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 the guy who, got, again, God's a man after my own heart. Yeah, and yeah. he says, "What will be done?" See, there's nothing wrong with something being great, but are we going to get so sullen and sad and like, "Oh no, the world is against us"? You're right. Who said it was going to be easy? Who said the world is fair? Who said that yeah. it's going to get any easier? No, no, no. But God is trying to work on our inside to construct strength within us to go and yeah. face these things, mm -hmm. to surround us with communities like the one that Jody creates through these podcasts, to mm -hmm. reach out to one another. And to, yeah. hey, always be in that place of contact. And, and right, yeah. hey, uh, there might be friction. Sparks might fly. That's okay. But that's how you get sharper and sharper when friction happens. Mm, yeah. Well, and if we're being wired for eternity, that's a long time. And, and we need to be, I think when, I think when we're there, you know, God's going to use what he's built here. But I love kind of what you were saying because it, it taps into that, that idea of like autonomy, you know, where like if you go, let's say you go to a therapist, they're not going to tell you what to do. And this frustrates people and it frustrated me for a while. I'm like, why don't you just tell me what to do? Ah. No, they want to develop the autonomy in you so you are the whole person that's stepping out that's making the decisions that's making the choices that's because otherwise you're going to be depressed if someone's doing it for you and god that's how god created us and so this concept of you know for me it's always somebody told me a long time ago just act in faith well i've been trying to act in faith for 20 years now and a lot of wonderful things have happened a lot of really bad things have happened <laughs> because when we act in faith it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to turn like i've learned a lot of lessons i've had betrayals i you know i mean but but again it's developing like you said i felt like god's like i want to strengthen you where you need to be yeah. strengthened and soften you where you need to be softened so so you take everything so personal so you need to keep getting out there and the more you get yeah hit 
the stronger you're going to be, but you're still not going to be jaded because I want to work on you. You know what I mean? So he's doing all these things while we're out there trying to figure out that purpose, like you said, and then the community piece, I don't think we can find our purpose when we're hiding at home. We have to, we have to um, be with other people and they kind of show us through interaction, like, hey, I'm really well, good at this or that, you know? I'll give you uh, uh, an outcome of purpose. There's not a single person that I know uh, on my time on the planet that has declared a purpose that doesn't serve the benefit of others. Yeah. Mm. If you to take, take the time to evaluate anybody's mission or purpose yeah. that is purpose-driven, other people are always yeah. a beneficiary of the purpose. Yeah. And so that's why being in community is so powerful. And I love what you just said about faith, right? Faith is not a guarantee, but it guarantees that you're gonna please God. It's not a guarantee of the outcome that you think that you're supposed to get by acting in faith, but you're guaranteed right. to please your father because the obedience matters more, right? Mm -hmm. in, in, that, in that moment. And I think that's what's so captivating about the concept of faith. Um, you may have heard this, Jody, before. I know I've heard this in so many circles. Uh, the opposite of faith is fear. That's and, been my motto, I know, yeah. And, and mm. I, I don't prescribe to that. I don't prescribe no, to bad. that at yeah. all. Here's why. Some of the greatest moments of faith that I've ever had, I've done it in the tension of yeah. being full of fear as well. Uh, yeah. I have moved forward. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I got to go out on this stage or whatever, yeah. Yeah, right, it, right. <laughs> it's like I have... I, 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 that duality, right? Like, like, like I have been, and I look back, I see, I see the, the greatest moments of faith where God came through. I was yeah. probably the most full of fear in those moments. Yeah. So what am I going to do? I have a choice to surrender to the fear or to embrace the faith. Mm. But faith isn't the opposite because it's in spite of it is where the yeah. power of faith can operate. Even yeah. though this is why David says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of shad the shadow of death and evil. Psalm 23, the fam most famous psalm, right? Mm -hmm. I will fear no evil. He's saying, look, you could be surrounded by all these elements, but you got a choice to make. And yeah. I think that one of, the, one of the ways is just that incremental gains. I'm not solving problems for people with mental, uh, you know, the, that mental health challenges, but I'm saying, hey, here's another potential re re remedy. It's your choice in the midst of it. Who are you going to allow people to labor you with? Mm, somebody who yeah. suffers from mental health challenges or somebody who's going to grow in their mental strength incrementally. Mm, yeah. But it's up to you to choose to allow people to label you because you know where your comfort is? Comfort is in labeling because now I get to be, belong to a group. Don't be careful the labels that somebody would put on you. You can, mm -hmm. you, you've heard this before, Jody. You can be an alcoholic or a recovering alcoholic. See, and the second one means yeah. there's progression. Right. An alcoholic, oh, you know, yeah, yeah, okay, but same condition, just different perspective, but changes the mindset. Now right. all of a sudden I have a path forward instead of being stuck in something. Don't label me, be careful. It, mm -hmm. it, 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 it just changes things just a little bit.
Yeah, no, and it's true because, and especially like in, in therapy, any type of a diagnosis is generally always meant for the clinician and not the person, like, because okay. again, you don't, you know, it helps to guide you. Like if someone's manic depressant, or, like it helps to guide you. But honestly, are any of those things even true? We don't even know, <laughs> you know, but the point of it is, is that, I don't want to label you with that. Maybe I can, maybe knowing some of these things can help guide me. But if I label you, then your whole life's going to be like you said. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a, you know, I say I'm an alcoholic because that's what they do in AA, and and it does help me remember because most of the people in my family that didn't quit drinking are are dead. Unfortunately, they have passed away. So I I remind myself that <laughs> drinking is not an option <laughs> for me. So, um, but I enjoy what you were saying about faith, because that's one of the things that I've been learning. I recently did the armor of God study about the, the different pieces of the armor of God that we have where we live, you know, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the, um, the, the faith, what's the, uh, the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. And then what's the she, faith? What, shield. The shield. See, and this, this is so funny because I couldn't even remember it because this was the piece that it always been missing in my life. And, you know, mm. it, it's God gives us a lot of these gifts, right? He gave us those sure. gifts. We don't use them, right? Even back in the Old Testament, he okay. said, he said, I'm putting on all the armor because you're not using it. You know what I mean? And so, so for me, it was, and I think this is key too, and maybe you could speak to this, you know, in finding our purpose is that, we can look at the word of God and say, yeah, I believe all that, but then we don't live like it's true. So for me, I would always, oh, praise God, I believe your word, everything. And then and then I would say, it's never going to happen. God's never going to show me. But like, and then I, you know, and so now I'm trying to act in faith, you know, just just believing like, here's what you've said. Here's what your word says. And I believe it you know um so anyway but that that's just been i think that's just been missing because i think it's so easy for us to especially maybe in this in in the west to just look at god's word say we believe it but then not really live like it's true and so the one scripture that always hits me is I always say she or the woman who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind you know someone struggling you know, all my life with fear and anxiety and codependency, that's always been kind of how I've been. And so now I'm just really focusing on, okay, God, you've given me, you're even going to help me with this faith. And so mm. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to believe it. Not the prosperity believe, but I'm just going to believe yeah, yeah. that everything you say yeah, yeah. is true and that you will show me my purpose. And thank you for showing it me. Instead of saying, God, show me my purpose, and then five minutes later going and complaining to my husband that nothing ever works out. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so. I love what it says in James where it talks about you know, the, being like a wave going back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like James 1, 23, 24, 25, yeah. around there. It says, this is what it says. It says, uh, and we are like the person who looks in the mirror, yeah. looks away, and immediately forgets what you look like. Yeah. And that's all of us. That's the human condition. <laughs> How yeah. soon and quickly do we forget who we are? You know, you're on your Sunday high 
and then you're weak by Wednesday. Because yeah. like, hey, church maybe, and, or you heard this message, or, or you heard this podcast, and you get the juice. That's why that community piece is really important. Yeah. To be able to be surrounded by people who will be, you know, you, you know what surrounds you, uh, crowns you, actually, and, 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 and it's just really important. Uh, it, Romans 12, 2. Uh, many people will know this scripture. Uh, I was just going to ask you to, to, to some signs we're on the right track based on that exact scripture. I love that because it's probably the, the biggest one related right? to purpose. Uh, it, it, it says, Romans 12, 2, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the problem with that. I'm not problem with scripture. The challenge with that is that's only part of the verse. And most people that know the verse, if you haven't heard it before, it's Romans 12 too, but if you have, um, in, in my, my encounter, I'm not saying it's universal, but from the people that I have conversations with, most people won't know the second part. That's just part of the verse. The second part is, says that so you can test and prove slash approve his good and perfect will for your life. Mm -hmm. What he's asking us to do is transform our mind okay there's a lot to unpack there with the trans transforming our mind yeah so it's that's a big it's a loaded scripture <laughs> absolutely the second part though blew me away I, i'm a bit of a greek nerd i like to go back to the koine greek that the old testament was first translated into aramaic into greek first and and, and man it, it, it blew my mind when it says wait 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 god you want me to approve your will for my life how you mean you're god you don't need my approval Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so I had to spend some time here. It, it literally says, prove, test, approve. And we're, we're led to understand the only time that God asks us to test us is in our giving and our finances in Malachi, mm -hmm. but it's right there in Romans 12 too. It says, test, approve, approve. It, in, in, in the business world, uh, when you're doing uh, team meetings and you're trying to you know, get everybody on the same page or, or in a locker room for sports, they want you to buy into the coach's philosophy. They want you to buy into how they are, what the approach is going to be, what the strategy is going to be. Because right. when everybody is pulling in the same direction, man, there's power present. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so what God is saying here in Romans 12 too is go ahead and test out and figure out and experiment what you think that God saying that he's called you to do, figure it out and then buy in. Mm -hmm. Don't just put a down payment on your destiny. Yeah, put a down payment on your destiny and then pay your mortgage monthly. You got to kind of go all in and own it. One thing that will never happen, never happen for someone who is serious about walking in purpose is until they take ownership of it. God is asking us not to serve him robotically and, well, right. I believe that this is God's will for my life. I believe this is God's will for my life. Congratulations. But the second <laughs> part of that is transfer your mind to own it and make it what you say your will is for your life. Mm -hmm. He's asking you to take ownership of it. And as we take ownership of the words that we declare about ourselves, now we'll be very careful when we say negative things because it doesn't align with our purpose. Mm. Now we'll begin to seek out like a heat-seeking missile the things that support our vision and our mission. Now those relationships that we needed will come to us. Why? 
because we're saying, hey, this is what I need to survive. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that pursuit of pursuing drugs with passion. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> I've, I've, I'm fortunate to be around so many purpose driven people that I'm a part of their journeys and just, uh, you know, ourselves included in that. And it becomes your pursuit because mm -hmm. you're so, hey, I, I like, no, 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 like nothing is going to happen unless I make this happen because yeah. no one's going to happen, make it happen for you, Noah. You got your purpose. Now you went all in. Even if it takes yeah. you a hundred years, you're going to make it happen. And, and and you want to live in purpose? Are you sure? Okay, then consider the cost. Yeah. And then go all in. What happens if you're wrong? Oh no, it's going to be like all the other times. Yeah. But what if you're right? Mm, yeah. That's why it's called faith, because there's, there, there's not going to be no guarantee, surety, and security in it. That's why they call yeah. it faith. That's why. Right. Right. And then it, I think there's that piece because even before. It talks about renewing our mind. It's, he says, do not conform to the patterns of this world. And so then I think that piece is, is that we have to redirect those passions, right? We have to, um, right? And, and, and I think that's a big piece of it too. And that's where God can help us. It's like, okay, so we have to make some choices to live according to his will in order to find out that purpose, right? You mentioned uh, um, the way that, the lifestyles are in America. Yeah. Um, systems create society. The educational system will create the society in which we live. Mm -hmm. right? If um, XYZ um, lifestyles are okay and it's being taught in the educational system. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden we've normalized it, right? Systems yeah. create society. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. in the midst of a larger conversation about what systems are educational, government, our church, you know, uh, support systems that will be there, they're, they're going to form us. But in the midst of that, you have the opportunity to create your daily schedule. That's your system. In the midst of, uh, you know, right now it's tough, right? Like identity is a big piece. And now you mm -hmm. can identify as a, a bunch of different things. Yeah. Uh, in the midst of all that, it's going to be, a, there's going to be a fight for your identity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about your orientation. I'm talking about your graduation into eternity Yeah. and what's going to be acceptable and what's not going to be acceptable. And that's where the ownership piece comes back in. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Right. The systems. It's up to you to take ownership. It's mm. up to us. And that's not easy when you feel like life has never treated you well. When you said right. the word or, or, or earlier, Jody, trauma, by definition, trauma is like, like it's fear that it's going to repeat itself. So you don't want yeah. to even try because yeah. I can't go in a car again because I was in a car accident and I'm just so afraid. Like it's real. It happens. Trauma is real. And then it's a choice after a while to stay there. What's your yeah. choice going to be? Because God is asking you, look, folks, uh, if you're listening in right now, as you listen in right now, there's a choice that you have to make. Yeah. What are you going to choose to believe about yourself? Mm -hmm. What are you going to allow other people to call you on a regular basis? Or will you fight the current 
and head back to that place. Even if the world is going this way, will you head back to that place where you knew God called you to be and who he called you to be? That's a choice. And in Romans 12 too, he's asking us freely to make yeah. that choice. But watch the power that happens when you agree with your purpose. Yeah. Transformation follows. Mm. Isn't that what we're all after, that transformation? It yeah. follows your choice, though. Mm-hmm. What are you going to choose? Mm. I love that because... You know, and then he sends us his Holy Spirit and he Mm. promises to help us in the Mm. walk of faith. So, I mean, it's a pretty good deal because he's saying, look, believe, um, but then I've given you power. I've given you tools. I've given you these things. You need to step out, make the choice, buy into it. And then if you're lacking in faith, I'll help you. I'll help you do all that. You know, because on our own, we're not, you know, so it's, 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 uh, I mean, I feel like it's a pretty good deal. You know, it's like, okay, God, uh, you know, I'm like, God, I believe, help my unbelief. God, I believe, help my unbelief. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, and he does, you know, he, he's, he's there because he knows, he knows we can't do it without him. So uh, two, two more quick stories. Uh, I, one of my favorite things to do with my daughters, they're older now, uh, when they were younger, uh, my one of my favorite things to do with with them is cook, uh-huh. and um, so here's the first dilemma. I, like I, I'm gonna help you. Um, what do you want to eat? I don't right. know, but I'm gonna help you cook. <laughs> like I, I, I'm gonna help you cook. I'm helping you. Whatever you want, baby girl. Whatever you want. Let's go. It's yours. Uh, what do you want to eat? I don't know. <laughs> God is waiting there saying, God literally is waiting there saying, yeah. I'm here to help you, to provide you with the resources necessary. What do you want to be? Go ahead, yeah. make a decision. But there's so many choices. Yeah, there are. It's a confusing world. Yes, it is. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, the second thing now, all right, you want to, uh, you, you want chicken stir fry. All right, all right, cool. Okay, cool. So um, uh, when they were younger, they weren't allowed to use a knife yet. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, uh, my, my younger one, she always liked celery. I remember the specific celery and carrots in her stir fry. And so boil some noodles, you know, cook some chicken and just mix it all together. Okay, great. Yeah. And uh, I just look at her and she's looking at me. And I was looking at her and she's looking at me and we'd have this stare down. Especially with the older one, my older daughter, we just have this amazing stare down. Yeah. And let's say the older older one just wanted a, a, an apple. She's like, I want apple, daddy. All right, cool. And she's looking at me, I'm looking at her. Wait, I'm actually supposed to get the apple, wash the apple, get the carding board out and get the knife out for you as well? Yeah. I know you're not comfortable with the knife. As a matter of fact, your mom says you're not allowed to use a knife yet. You will soon, honey. You'll get there. But yeah. until you get there, can you at least pick the apple, wash the apple, get the cutting board out, get the knife out? Yeah. God will mm. do his part, but can you give him the ingredients to work with? Can you give him the, the setup? 
Yeah. Because what is he supposed to do? Break in and take over your body and like, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost moving my hand to the <laughs> apple basket. And now I will. Oh, the Lord. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. He's there to partner with us. But can yeah. you pick up the apple, wash it, put it on the carding board for God? Can mm. you make a choice about what you want to eat? Because the solution, the answers, the direction is waiting for you to make a choice. Yeah. Make a choice. Do you mm. want to be whole? Make a choice. Yeah. And that's where it'll begin. But you have to make a choice. Decide. Do you want to be whole? Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's uh, my favorite, well, one of my favorite scriptures is that the pool of Bethesda where the guy's been there for 38 years and he's got all the excuses why he can't get into the healing waters. Jesus sees it right away he's, and he just looks at him and says, do you want to get well? I mean, is this something you want? Because I can heal you. Wow. You know, and that's that's how it is in any type of recovery or finding our purpose. I think we, like you said, it's 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 doing doing the taking the first step you know do, do yeah. you want to get well do you want to get better yeah. and then he's going to be with us and he's going to bring us the right people but we got to want it too so well um it's been amazing having you here we could talk for another hour i try not to keep my guests for longer than an hour but <laughs> we probably could keep going but do you have any just kind of parting words or suggestions for someone listening who maybe is trapped in an addiction or just you know maybe they're they're sober but they're just feeling depressed lost like trying to figure out god what what What's my purpose? You know, what maybe yeah. be there that first step, you know? Yeah. Don't let anybody discount the pain, the drama and the trauma yeah. that you are going through because it's true. Yeah. And if you are experiencing that pain, drama and trauma, don't let anybody tell you to suck it up, buttercup. Mm, yeah. However, at some point, at some point, you're going to have to be the one to take the yoke off of your own neck. Yeah. At mm. some point, it won't be someone else. It will be you having to take the first step out of the ashes. Again, this world is hard. You've had challenges. And yet, if you stay there long enough, you'll be a victim. Yeah. But it's time. And my challenge and my question to you listening in, is it time? Is it time like you may have spent some time there for a season, but is that season over? Yeah. Because God's calling you to more, man. Uh, you only, there, 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 there's more for you because you know it. You know there's more in your core to explore. You want yeah. to, but you're getting attention for... The deficiencies that yeah. you've been experienced, that have been experienced legitimate in your life. Yeah. But that's not the type of attention that you want. No. God's calling you for more. I love that. I love that. Just embrace that walk forward and the fact, the fact that he loves you, cares for you. He's always on your side. It's a beautiful new song called I'm Always On Your Side. He's on your side. And, you know, just wants you to walk forward in your purpose and is willing to show you that purpose. So, yeah. 
Shiraz, thank you so much for being here, for sharing your wisdom. Talk to me about how we can connect with you, your books, and things like that. Yeah, uh, well done book.info is the website again that's okay. well done book.info uh, you can connect with me there there's some resources there you can pick up uh, we're just excited to have these conversations and Jody uh, you are not in a space that is uh, 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 mainstream so I love it <laughs> right like uh, how many people yeah. are talking about the concepts how many podcasts are there about concepts of Christianity and mental health right like, like uh, thank you for pushing the envelope Thank you for living on the edges of society. Thank yeah. you for being a conduit for people to connect who might not be mainstream. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for, for, again, doing what you do. It's just so meaningful. Mm, thank you for that. And thank you for uh, your work as well in helping people cultivate that meaning and purpose. It's, um, it is, it's just so needed, especially in this country. Well, Shiraz, thank you again for being here. And once again, Jody, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, friends, for listening to Genuine Life Recovery, playing on your favorite app or on my website at jodystevens.org. It's J-O-D-I-E-S-T-E-V-E-N-S, jodystevens.org. There you can check out my podcast, blog, recovery coaching info, speaking, and more. Check it out.